Bleak Expectations by Mark Evans, Volume 5, Chapter the Third, An All-Rightish Life Savagely Frozen to Bits. So, well, I am so angry that if I were a newspaper puzzle, I'd be a crossword. If I were a character from Greek mythology, I'd be a fury, and if I were a pudding, I'd be an apple grumble. Is it your daughter and son-in-law, sir? They are the least punctual people in Britain after that dreadfully unreliable novelist, Thomas Tardy. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Sowcroft, sir. You are later than a dead man on a delayed train. Do not worry, Papa. Soon we shall never be late again. Are you to stop visiting? <laughs> no, the reason for our future not-latosity is this. <laughs> Is that a dog or a cat that can do impressions? <laughs> the former, but no ordinary dog, for this is... Dun-dun-da! A time dog. A what? A... Dun-dun-da! Time dog. What on earth is a time dog? You should have said dun-dun-da before time dog. No, I shouldn't. Now, what is a time dog? Dun-dun-da! <laughs> Like a guide dog assists blind people, so a time dog assists the perpetually late. Well, it doesn't work, then. You were late. Because we stopped on the way to buy it. But next time we shall be as punctual as a Swiss train carrying a load of obsessive-compulsive watch salesmen. <laughs> I shall demonstrate. Note the timepiece on its back. It is a clocker spaniel. <laughs> now imagine I'm going to leave in one minute's time. Excellent news. I set the clock to that time... At which point the dog will remind me to go. You see? But you're not leaving. Ah, but if I do not instantly leave, the barking gets louder and crosser. How could I resist leaving? Yet still you haven't gone. So I might further demonstrate the dog's canine persuasiveness. What will it do now? Start biting me. I, I like this time, dog. Perhaps if you leave, he will stop biting you, dearest? Of course. No. <laughs> Ow! Good dog. <laughs> I shall distract him by throwing my watch as if it were a stick. Fetch! <laughs> Phew. The biting has stopped. Ow! Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist having a go myself. <laughs> Now, sit and listen for my story continues. Now, last time you left my tale, I was in India, having thwarted my evil ex-guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent's plan to take over the world using a vast army of hyper-intelligent tigers and Jim. <laughs> Alas, he had escaped, leaving me in his evil fortress with my wife, Ripley, my sister, Pippa, and my best friend, Harry Biscuit. We must pursue and defeat him. I shall start making a cake. How will that help? Mm, it will be a thwarting Mr. Benevolent cake. I shall need flour, eggs, butter, and maybe a gun. <laughs> Pippa and I have found book-based clues as to his destination. Look, the incredibly lonely planet guide to Antarctica. The so rough you probably shouldn't go there guide to the South Pole. And the Usborne book of unbearable cold. They are blank, just empty white pages. I think those might be the illustrations. <laughs> so, he is leaving India and heading to Antarctica. Home of the mighty ant. No. <laughs> no, Harry. 
Harry, home of the penguin. Oh, oh then why is it not called Penguin Arctica? Oh, geography is so stupid. <laughs> oh, my thwarting Mr. Benevolent cake is ready. Yum. Mm, 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 mm. Ah, ah, hurt my teeth on a bit of gun. <laughs> we immediately set off to find a ship to Antarctica. Luckily, we were in the north of India, and the ports were south, so it was downhill all the way. <laughs> we quickly reached the province of Goa and its chief port, Goa Way. <laughs> the docks were full of explorers desperate for patronage. We approached one as he touted for trade, waving his compass alluringly and leaning provocatively on a sextant. You after some? <laughs> Exploring? Yes. It's a shilling per line of latitude, a guinea to go all the way. We want to go to Antarctica. Ooh, kinky. <laughs> My name's Clamp Vulture, Ranulph Twistleton's silly middle name, Clamp Vulture. Britain's bravest and maddest explorer. The same. I've rode naked across the Sahara. I was the first to land naked at even newer Zealand. And I was the leader of that ill-fated nude expedition to the heart of Newcastle on a Friday night. So, will you take us to Antarctica? I'll take you two men, but not the women. Uh, sorry, why not? Women are a waste of space, with their love of napkins, scatter cushions and flowers. No flowers in the Antarctic, just penguins. Which you can put in a vase, but it doesn't look right. Well, Mr Misogyny, we'll just find another way to get there, won't we, Pip? But if he is the only way to catch Mr. Benevolent... Really? You'd rather go with a sexist woman-hater than with me? The more you shout, the more sort of yes. Fine. Fine, then Pippa and I shall go and find our own woman-only ship. Right on, sister-in-law. We can race the men to Antarctica to prove our feminine amazingness. We go to buy a lady ship. To the ship shop. Oh, oh can I go with them? I'm peckish. Ship shop, not chip shop. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll eat a ship. No, Harry. Besides, I will need you by my side, possibly slightly ahead of me, if it gets really dangerous. Harry and I boarded Captain Clamp Vulture's vessel, the SS Ice Ice Baby, <laughs> and prepared for departure. If we get trapped, we must be able to eat everything on board. Hence, I have invented this edible table. I don't see one. Exactly. It was delicious. <laughs> now, to our food itself, it must be compact yet energy-filled, so I have invented a futuristic foodstuff of the future. Behold, the meal in a pill. You have just stuck together some pate, a whole chicken, carrots and potatoes, then covered the whole thing in trifle. Yeah, brilliant, eh? <laughs> it's enormous. You'll never be able to swallow that. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Clamp Vulture did his best to keep morale up. Do you know how many expeditions have set off for the Antarctic this year? 57. And do you know how many have returned? I'm hoping it's 57. None. <laughs> None? Possibly fewer. <laughs> the Antarctic even used to scare me. Luckily, I got frostbite in that bit of my brain responsible for fear, so I'm over that now. You have been there before? Once. It was horrific. Fifteen of us got trapped in the ice. Our provisions soon ran out. In the end, only I got home alive. How? Did you eat your crew? How dare you, sir? A captain's sacred duty is never to eat his crew. Even if they do start to look tasty. 
Why are you grinding salt onto us? To make you seasoned explorers. <laughs> Perfectly plausible. Meanwhile, Ripley and Pippa had bought a ship and provocatively moored it next to ours. The SS Great Woman is the world's first fully female, fully democratic ship. They said women were physically incapable of voting. Well, this boat proves we can. I was unanimously elected captain by the entire crew. Well, Pippa, we haven't got any other crew yet. She made me vote for her. It was a free election. As long as I voted for you. <laughs> Lies! Votes for Pippa to shut up? All in favour say aye. Aye. Motion carried, shut up Pippa. Democracy on expeditions is ridiculous. When you're cold and starving, there's no time to vote on who gets eaten first. Sorry, eaten? Right time to get going, I think. <laughs> but before we could set off, we were interrupted by a new arrival. Excuse me, Captain Clemfulture. But may I come with you to Antarctica? Uh, he won't have women on board. I'm sure he can make an exception for this tall, strangely alluring lady. Sorry, he won't argue for a place for me on his ship, but you will for this trollop. Um, don't worry, it's clearly not a woman, just a rather obvious transvestite. Outrageous! I am offended like only a femininely French woman can be, and thus delicately shall lady slap you. And prove my womanity by twirling my hair around my finger, doing a wee sitting down, and then falling in love with a horse. <laughs> my name is Mademoiselle Femme Femme d'accord, and I have not any manly manness. Apart from that stubble. It is pitchy, Lady Fuzz. <laughs> and I stand corrected, but surprised. And you shall not come on my ship. Why are you off to Antarctica? Um, I left my handbag down there. <laughs> to look after the poor orphan penguins. What a sensitive female soul you are. Oui. <laughs> if the SS misogyny will not have you, you are welcome aboard my ship. Our ship. Oh, an all-girl ship. Full of good femmy stuff like pajama parties, sewing and crying for no obvious reason. Any room for some of my female friends? Well... Aye, girls! <laughs> look, 57 extra crew. All women who, like me, enjoy having their hair done once a month, whether they need it or not. Welcome, ladies. This is your captain speaking. Says who? Says democracy. But we didn't get a chance to vote. I'm sure you won't mind me being captain. Let's see, shall we? Votes for me to be captain instead? Aye! C'est moi. Hang on. You can't do that. Pippa, why did you put your hand up? Did I? Oops. Oh, democracy's rubbish. So let our race to Antarctica begin, and may the best man win, or woman, by which I mean me, because je suis therefore in woman. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what a beguiling laugh. Oh, stop flirting with her, it's pathetic. Ready, steady, explore. This was a vital race, not just for thwarting Mr. Benevolent, but for defending the reputation of male kind. If we lost to the women, our cosy Victorian patriarchal society might collapse. For the first few days, the ships remained neck and neck, and our voyage was easy. Though we did lose a couple of crew. Well, you always have a deserter or two at the start of an expedition. But where could they have gone? No idea. <laughs> Still, good riddance to midshipman Yummy and petty officer Meatballs in Gravy. <laughs> As we sailed south, it began to get colder. 
We saw seagulls in jumpers and fish wearing scarves and blowing on their fins for warmth. Fortunately, we were also now some distance ahead of the SS Great Woman. They probably keep stopping to ask for directions. We are men. We know better. Plus, we are lighter and faster due to the crew who keep disappearing without any reason at all. Have we lost more? Crewman's steak and chips disappeared last night. <laughs> and third mate Bacon and Petty Officer Eggs this morning. Soon the sea began to ice over like a date with a racist. <laughs> We are nearing Antarctica. I have mixed some slushy sea with fruit juice to make a yummy iced beverage. <sighs> Though oddly, the more refreshingly iced brine I drink, the thirstier I get. Nearly there, Pippin. Good, eh? Oh! Why did you hit me? Oh, just a laddish arm punch indicating high spirits. I'm certainly not tenderizing you, just in case. In case what? Nothing. Finally, the sea froze solid gripping our vessel in an icy fist. We were stuck fast. The captain gathered the few of us left and using all his exploring experience gave an inspirational speech. Men, we're trapped. Let's eat. <laughs> Though we were in grave peril, we were still British. So Harry and I hurried to our cabin and dressed for dinner in white tie and tails. But on our return, the rest of the crew had disappeared, leaving only Captain Clap Vulture. Where are uh, Able Seaman Soup, Lieutenant Chicken, and Third Mate Crumble with Custard? No idea. Uh. <laughs> oh, if only Petty Officer Cheeseboard was still alive. <laughs> My God, you've eaten them. Oh, I knew that's how he survived before. I was forced to eat them. We're trapped with no supplies. We have plenty of supplies. Not anymore. I threw them overboard. <laughs> you monster. Let me ask you one question. Did they taste nice? No! <laughs> Did you deliberately get us trapped so you could eat us? I had to. I must have human flesh. <laughs> Person pie. Man ham. Human us. What? Like hummus, but made from people. What about taraman salata? Nice one. Harry, don't encourage him. Mancashire hot pot? Huh? If you put some fruit on someone with mild asthma, you could have strawberry wheeze cake. Yes, but I really fancy a biscuit. That's my name. Ah. Oh. As Clamp Vulture advanced on us, I searched frantically for a way out and suddenly spied something that might just save us. All that remained of our supplies was a solitary sprig of parsley, but it might be just enough. I threw it onto Clamp Vulture's head, then grabbed a mirror, wrote serving suggestion on it, and thrust it in front of his eyes. Ooh, that parsley does make me look appetizing. I must eat me! He pulled a knife and fork from his pocket and started to tuck into himself. Always save the last set of cutlery for yourself. He started with his legs and ate his way up until he was just a head and a pair of arms. Then, one by one, he consumed his arms, and finally he ate his own head from the inside out. Mm -hmm. oh, I tasted good. His cutlery clattered to the floor, and he was gone. <sighs> that man is so full of himself. <laughs> that was the most horrific, yet sort of impressive thing I have ever seen. <laughs> Alas, we are now trapped without supplies, though at least we are still warm inside the ship. But at that moment, the ice that held us clenched its frozen fist, crushing the vessel, and we could barely scramble out before it sank. 
And now we are trapped without supplies and no longer warm inside the ship. Oh, I am cold, Pitbin, and hungry, but mostly hungry. <laughs> Do not worry, old chum. The cold will take us before hunger does. We will simply fall into a painless, frozen sleep. But I'm like leftover rice or a spare souffle. I'm not meant to be frozen. The cold sapped our strength. Numbness took our limbs. I have no sensation in my fingers. Look, I can stick this knife in them and I feel nothing. Those are my fingers. <laughs> As our life force ebbed away, however, I caught a hopeful glimpse of something coming towards us across the ice. Harry, could this be our salvation? No, it is some ants. You mean penguins? It was indeed dozens of penguins, and they quickly surrounded us, embracing us with their flightless avian warmth. We are in white tie and tails. Perhaps they think we are also penguins. Thank goodness for a proper dress code. <laughs> the penguins placed us on their feet and waddled away. After several hours' travel, we saw something looming on the horizon. It is the SS Great Woman, safely moored at Antarctica. The girls beat us here. No! Our cosy patriarchal society may be destroyed. This thought was more than I could bear, and I collapsed in man-defeated shock. When I awoke, I was in a soft, warm bed with Mademoiselle Femme-Femme de Corps at my side. As I gazed at her beauty, her delicate five o'clock shadow, <laughs> and surprisingly prominent Adam's apple, I realized I had feelings for her and was smitten with the love that dare not speak its name. I was French or sexual. <laughs> Je t'adore. Ooh la la! Get off my husband, you French flippity gibbet! Rightly. And get off that French flippity gibbet, my husband! I was just wiping something off her lips. With your own lips? I would never kiss another woman. Not if I knew you were watching. Ignore that last bit. It's true, he didn't kiss another woman. But he did kiss... Another man. Mr. Benevolent. Great. You're having an affair with the most evil man in history. Affair? One kiss is hardly an affair. So you admit you kissed him, her? Oh, girl trap. Not fair. <laughs> Look, rightly. Talk to the fist, Pip, because the face ain't listening. Talk to the... Ow! As I nursed my nose, I suddenly had a thought that made my spirits rise like whiskey on an escalator. Oh, joy. I did not get beaten to Antarctica by a woman, but by another man, albeit an evil one in a frock. The patriarchal society is safe. Sexist as well as adulterous. I cannot bear to look at you anymore, Pip. <laughs> My plan to ruin your marriage by disguising myself as an irresistible French lady has worked. You feet! I hate you, and I hated that kiss. Oh, admit it, you felt something. Only revulsion, and a strange tingling I put down to incipient frostbite, and not pure erotic excitement. Are you glad my penguins rescued you from an icy death? Your penguins? So loyal and hard-working penguins. Even as we speak, they are taking us south. I looked outside and saw thousands of penguins hauling on ropes, dragging the ship towards a vast icy palace carved out of the frozen landscape. Behold my fortress of ultimate nastiness. Sounds like fun. What? The acronym. Fortress of Ultimate Nastiness, F-U-N, fun. I was carried from the ship and into Mr. Benevolent's lair, where I was reunited with Ripley. Pip, I've been thinking, and I forgive you. Oh! Not. And also with Pippa and Harry. Hello, Pip-Bin. 
Oh, bloke in the dress. Mademoiselle Dacour is a bloke in the dress. Mr. Benevolent, you fiend. Well-coordinated fiend. Look how well his bag and shoes go with his dress. <laughs> Say what you like, but that man can accessorise. Tell us what you are planning, you monster. All shall be revealed soon. Actually, all is being revealed now. You've touched your skirt into your knickers. <laughs> We were taken underground to a large chamber hollowed from the ice and tied up in the centre. Around the walls were chained, haggard but brave faces, ones we recognised. Why, they are explorers. Isn't that Dr Keith's splendid adventure? The man who tried to eat Mount Kilimanjaro. Such a hero of mine. <laughs> he looks so much like a giant ice cream. And there is Lord Wiltshire, who discovered Wiltshire. Amazing how no one had spotted it all those years. Such a shy, unassuming county. That is Barrington Brave Wang, who discovered the Northwest Passage to Manchester. <laughs> These are all 57 missing explorers whom I captured. Why? For my evil machinations, of course. Tell me, why do you think explorers explore? I know. Uh, one's an alloy, the other's a type of nut. <laughs> no. Sorry, sorry, that's the answer to the question. What's the difference between steel and a type of nut? <laughs> Explorers despise normal society. They prefer pain, hardship, and doing unsavory things with their own urine. Because social interaction makes them awkward and embarrassed, particularly that with women. And behold, my ship has brought 57 women here. So? So these are the bawdiest, sauciest women in the world. Cheeky dancers, erotic wigglers, foreign women who just sound, you know, frisky, and East End girls who can make almost anything sound like an innuendo. One for every captive explorer. As we watched, the girls piled in and each took their place in front of a bound explorer. Let the sauciness begin! At his command, the women sourced it up, but good. <laughs> Some danced while flashing their undergarments. La 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 Others made lewd remarks. Like exploring, do ya? I've got something you might like to discover, know what I mean? And others simply stood beckoning with a distinctly cheeky finger. The result in each case was the same. The explorers muttered awkwardly. Well, I mean, I say, golly gosh, and lady cripes. <laughs> and blushed bright red. <laughs> Indeed, they blushed so hard that we felt the heat of their embarrassed cheeks from where we stood. It was not just we who felt the heat. It also made the ice of Antarctica start to melt. With their infinite saucy stamina, these women will melt Antarctica's ice, flooding the world. Why? Because I've invested all my money in boats, swimming trunks and houses on hills. This is about money? Yes. And making sure Bournemouth is under eight feet of water. I never liked Bournemouth. Though that is understandable, I cannot let it happen. I will thwart you. I don't think so. Look where you're standing. Only now did I notice we were in a hollow at the bottom of the chamber and it was already filling with melted ice. And so you will drown, unless you can evolve gills in the next hour or so. I'll have a go. Mm. <laughs> One gill! Actually, no, I think I just turned my ear inside out. Ooh, I can hear my own brain. So quiet. <laughs> So, happy death day, Pip-Bin, for I go now. No kiss goodbye. Blinking heck. It was sarcasm. I don't really want one. Well, yes, you do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right, time to go. Will you be leaving us any food? No. Oh, don't make me hungry. You won't like me when I'm hungry. 
I don't like you now. In fact, to taunt you, I shall leave this picnic hamper just out of your reach. No! Oh, I can see sandwiches. Scotch eggs. Oh, those mini bits of smoked salmon roulade you only seem to get in picnics. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, must reach food. Harry strained against his bonds and with a desperate, hungry effort, he broke them. I knew I should have brought the fat, greedy, idiot-resistant chains. Oh, oh, thank goodness I can eat. Mm. Yes, mm. Harry, mm. or you could rescue mm. us. Oh, top idea, Pippa. Mm. But your demise is only postponed until you drown with the rest of the world, or by one of my houses on hills. For Antarctica is still melting. Actually, Mr. Benevolent, it is not. As I looked round the massive, icy chamber, I saw that the bawdy women had not only stopped sourcing it up, but were actually freeing the bound explorers. Oh, their noble stark bravery has only succeeded in melting our arms. Gosh, I mean, uh, fancy exploring the mysteries of love with me, old girl, even if I never, ever looked you directly in the eye. <laughs> Plenty of other bits of me to look at, eh? Oh, blimey criminy. <laughs> With one last ice-melting blush, the women and explorers ran bordily and explorily out. And now it was just the four of us and my thwarted nemesis. So, Mr. Benevolent, like a roast chicken one is trying to keep warm, your plan is foiled. <laughs> oh, so contrived. But I shall escape your clutches. Penguins, to me! At his command, hundreds of penguins waddled to him. Bizarrely, each had a gas canister on their backs with a hose leading to their mouths. With a surprisingly dexterous flick of the flipper, they each released a valve and suddenly began to expand faster than Queen Victoria at an all-you-can-eat sausage buffet. <laughs> As they grew, they floated en masse into the sky. Mr. Benevolent tethered beneath them. Behold, my penguin Eppelin. Penguins can fly, they just need pumping full of helium first. I shall catch you yet, says the man trapped in the middle of Antarctica and already freezing to death. Rubbish! My teeth are chattering with excitement. Ice knowing you, Pippin. That is way worse than foiled. <laughs> I will stop you. But as he floated away with his helium-filled penguins, I knew my words were as hollow as a politician's promise. For the cold was already biting like an icicle-toothed alligator, and even surviving would be a struggle, let alone thwarting my nemesis. Good Lord, excellent Earl and marvellous Marquis. How did you survive? Did you find a spare bit of fire in your back pocket? No. Did you knit a lovely jumper from frost? No. Did you turn coal to heat by reversing the laws of thermodynamics? Yes. I knew it! I meant no. <laughs> but if you return next time, you shall hear how we escaped Antarctica, how to bake the best scone in the world, how a terrible event changed my life forever, and most importantly, how I am lying about the scone. <laughs> Bleak Expectations starred Richard Johnson as Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Gently Benevolent, James Markman as Harry Biscuit, Geoffrey Whitehead as Clamp Vulture, Sarah Hadland as Ripley, Susie Kane as Pippa, Mark Evans as Sundry Silent Penguins and Explorers, and was produced by Gareth Edwards. 